This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For decades, American infrastructure has been crumbling. For decades, American families have asked Congress for infrastructure investment. And for decades, progress was blocked by partisan disagreements. Now, as the Senate prepares for a final vote, what will this historic legislation actually mean for the people we serve? The U.S. Senate passed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill on August 10th, a win for President Joe Biden and Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema, who co-negotiated the bipartisan legislation. But what is infrastructure? And could a massive investment like this make a meaningful impact on your life? Infrastructure projects aren't what most people think about, but they're vitally important to Arizonans as they go about their daily lives. Welcome to The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast. I'm your co-host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. In today's episode, we spoke with various Arizonans to learn how this bill could impact their daily lives. Projects could be underway as soon as next year if the legislation passes the House of Representatives and is signed into law by President Joe Biden. Those projects include broadband expansion, water infrastructure, funding for tribal communities, public transportation, airport updates and improvements, and more. The White House projects the bill could create about 2 million jobs each year in the coming decade. Nearly half of the $1.2 trillion deal is new spending that would take place over five years. It relies in part on extending fees and reallocating some unused COVID-19 relief money rather than raising taxes. often heard it said that with broadband, we're kind of treading water, and without broadband, we would be sunk. I I put a lot of um, weight and respect in for having that broadband available. That's Jamie Whelan, owner of Old Town Crapery in Flagstaff. Broadband infrastructure is on the table with this package. It aims to make it more accessible and affordable for rural and low-income families. For Wheeland, the internet is essential to run her business. So here, when when there's a storm like we just had, um, you're not surprised that (laughs) maybe you don't have internet service or Wi-Fi, especially at the business. Like so many small businesses nowadays, she uses Square the digital payment card reader used on phones and tablets. But when the internet and Wi-Fi are down, that becomes futile. Many of her customers don't carry cash, so she sometimes has to turn them away. She said this happens more often than she'd like. You know, probably once a week would be a safe guess. And again, we're a small business. Um, We're only open four days a week. And we're a a six-month-a-year business. So when we're open, 
we're we're trying to get as much business as possible and and serve as many people as possible. Whelan hopes to see an investment in broadband connectivity in northern Arizona. As a former educator at Northern Arizona University, she understands that it's important for her small business and the community as a whole. It will be an absolutely wonderful thing when we can have some consistency, when all people can have access to it. Um, It'll make a huge change in all of our lives. Arizona stands to receive at least $100 million to expand broadband coverage across the state, including providing access to at least 353,000 residents who don't currently have it. Under the Senate plan, an estimated 1.8 million low-income Arizonans would be eligible to receive discounted internet access under a federal program. That means more families and more businesses online. The bill also seeks to make improvements to the state's water systems. It will mean cleaner, more reliable water sources by making the strongest investment in drinking water and wastewater infrastructure in U.S. history, including water storage and recycling, and drought contingency plans throughout western states like Arizona. Stephanie Smallhouse, the state president of the Arizona Farm Bureau, spoke about how it will benefit the agricultural industry. We have a $23.3 billion ag industry in Arizona. And as most folks have realized at this point, we're in this severe drought situation. And if you do not have water, you cannot grow food. The bill contains $3.2 billion for the maintenance of water infrastructure projects across the western United States in need of major upgrades or replacement. The legislation would fully fund more than 150 projects in Arizona and the greater Yuma region. That type of work is work that will benefit the greater system. And what that means is that's water that goes to people's homes, that's water that goes to farms, And it's also water that generates energy. And so what's in this package will ensure basically water security, which ensures food security. It will um, help with energy costs becoming too high because of the drought and the issues that we're having with managing um, energy that's generated on these systems. Water issues also impact rural Arizona, including the Navajo Nation. President Jonathan Nez of the Navajo Nation told us that 30 to 40 percent of Navajo people don't have running water. The bill would improve sanitation for an estimated 15,000 Navajo homes and thousands of other homes in tribal communities across Arizona. Right now, uh, we are pressing and, and asking the House to pass that bill uh, so that we can get the needed Uh, dollars to improve uh, the nation's infrastructure, Navajo Nation's infrastructure. It could provide $3.5 billion to fully pay for the backlog of infrastructure projects for all Indian Health Service-operated water and wastewater facilities in tribal communities. We asked him what the conditions are like right now in some tribal community homes and what this investment could mean for them down the road. Well, there's no sanitation for some. <clears throat> some of our people still use um, outhouses. Um, some use uh, septic tanks. And uh, also, in terms of water, 
you know, we need to be able to bring some of that uh, water into these um, clustered home areas. Uh, and that's what this, this bill would do. And of course, the, the electrification is also something that we are um, doing with ARPA. And so with ARPA, we're getting the electricity uh, available in those regions because you need electricity to pull water. And so we're, we're timing it to where we get the electricity in place and then we get the water line moving into uh, various rural communities throughout the Navajo Nation. And of course, uh, you know, developing sewer, sewer lagoons, sewer ponds, and high growth areas under Navajo Nation. An investment in public transportation is also part of the bill. The bill would improve public transportation in part by upgrading buses, rail cars, stations, and accessibility for the elderly and those with disabilities. Commuting in Arizona using public transportation is far more time intensive than for those who use their own cars. According to the White House, non-white households are two times more likely to commute via buses, light rail, or other public transportation. Arizona would receive $883 million on transit projects over five years based on formula funding, according to the White House. And we, we see this, uh, this money coming in is enabling us to build things that accomplish that purpose. Uh, we're building light rail extensions in South Phoenix and in Northwest Phoenix. And we see how when people have access to public transportation, it opens up opportunities for them. And the more we can invest in it, the more opportunities and the more connections we can make. So we're really excited about the potential of, of having additional funds uh, to be able to build these uh, uh, or improve these projects that we have. That's Scott Smith, the CEO of Valley Metro Transit System. He says public transit users want easier and more readily available access to transportation. Smith hopes that funding will allow the Valley Metro Transit System to build rail lines and bus lines and to improve bus stops and stations to work on those concerns. Before the COVID, uh, the COVID pandemic hit, we were carrying over 60 million passengers a year between rail and bus. So there's a lot of people that depend on public transportation. And whatever we can do to make it easier for them to access, make it more comfortable for them to access uh, public transportation and go more places more frequently, we're going to do that. And we hope that this infrastructure uh, bill provides us some of the additional funding that enables us to do that. Planes, trains, and buses could all get an upgrade with this infrastructure bill. On June 23rd, aviation experts spoke at a U.S. Senate committee hearing about the need for this investment. Senator Sinema presided over that hearing. Paul Rinaldi, the president of the National Air Traffic Controllers Association, detailed how Phoenix Sky Harbor International's air traffic control tower has aged over the years. More examples of Phoenix Sky Harbor air traffic control tower, the elevator fails more than once per month, leading to frequent outages. Requiring controllers to climb up over 20 flights of stairs to report for duty in a tower cab is just completely unacceptable. Additionally, at this facility, the countertops in the operational area are falling apart. The staff has improvised with the solution of duct tape and pool noodles to cover sharp edges of the countertops to prevent injury and clothing being torn. 
the lack of money to improve and upgrade airport infrastructure, like these control towers, is an issue Rinaldi has not only seen in Arizona, but all over the United States. Every airport in the state of Arizona would receive money under the bill, according to an analysis provided by Cinema's office. Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, which moved 46 million passengers in 2019, would receive about $217 million over five years. Tucson International would receive $32 million. Danette Bewley, president and CEO of Tucson Airport Authority, detailed the desperate need to invest in airports and the future impacts it could have across the state's economy. For far too long, instead of investing in larger, higher impact projects that would improve facilities and increase capacity, airports have been forced to prioritize smaller, immediate needs like maintenance of aging structures and systems. Inadequate airport infrastructure that fails to meet basic needs puts in jeopardy economic recovery in American cities, states, and regions. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Cinema and Kelly spent part of their August recess touting the infrastructure bill. From the border to urban cores, this bill could have real, meaningful impacts on everyday Arizonans. That's if the House of Representatives also passes it and if President Joe Biden signs it as he has indicated he would. They returned to Capitol Hill this month with the fate of the infrastructure bill uncertain. House Democrats have wanted to pass an accompanying $3.5 trillion package that includes, among other issues, climate change, health care, child care, and other matters that they deem human infrastructure. Those wider hopes have run into resistance from Cinema and Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, both of whom have said the price tag is way too high for them. Meanwhile, the Senate parliamentarian has ruled out a provision involving a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. As it stands, Cinema is holding the House to its original September 27th deadline and threatening support for her own infrastructure bill if the House pursues something that's too expensive. For the moment, the accompanying bill is still evolving and getting smaller to accommodate political reality on Capitol Hill. All of this, Yvonne, seems to threaten Democrats' hopes to pass Joe Biden's wider agenda before the political window begins to close. What does cinema want at this point? That's a really good question, and it's one that I don't think we can fully answer yet. She has only said that the $3.5 trillion price tag was way too high for her and that she would be studying the language that was being drafted in committees um, before really sort of weighing in on the nuts and bolts of, um, of the package. It's very clear what she does want is for the physical infrastructure package to pass the House. And she met recently with President Joe Biden to talk about both of the packages. And uh, according to some reporting from Politico, made it pretty clear to the president that she would be willing to blow up her own bill if uh, the House passes the September 27th uh, deadline. Okay, so that's Senator Sinema. What about Senator Mark Kelly? Where's he at on the human infrastructure legislation? 
Look, before we get to the human infrastructure component, it's just really important to note that the physical infrastructure package for him is very important. He is entering another campaign cycle. He needs a big win under his belt. He needs to be able to go in front of crowds and not just tell them that a package passed the Senate, but that it passed both chambers and was signed into law. And this is real money for real people. Um, And he spent a lot of time talking about uh, the physical infrastructure component while he was uh, here on recess. On the human infrastructure side, he has not specifically said what price tag he wants to see associated with that. He didn't say what was too high, what might be too low. He recognized that the type of money that was being talked about, whether it's down in the $1 trillion-ish range uh, that Manchin has sort of, uh, you know, his support to all the way up to $3.5 trillion, that it is a lot of money. He has recognized that. He has said that. He has not specifically said what goals he supports and what goals he doesn't. And um, I think we hear him say quite a bit that the devil's in the details. And he's going to probably be looking at a lot of details in the coming weeks. But for today, that is it, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend or two. I've already signed up a couple of our guests who appeared on today's show. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced and helped put together quite a bit by Maritza Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Also be sure to check out Valley 101, an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com podcast that answers all of your questions about the Valley. From silly to serious, you ask the questions and we find the answers. For The Gaggle, I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez. We'll see you next week.